Hello, and welcome back to the Dragon's Den. My name is Austin Matra, joined by my co-host today, Robert Jones, and we're here for a special little Thanksgiving episode of the Dragon's Den. Yeah, we're going to pipe this down before we go back home, but let's start with the news that we just got a little over an hour ago. Matt Canada now getting fired from the Steelers' OC job. Finally got the axe, you know. If you're just an outside perspective looking in on the Steelers... You might say, why fire Canada, you know? They're 6-4-0. That's not that bad of a record. You want to tell me why they should fire Canada? He doesn't know how to do his job correctly. He has so many weapons on that offense, doesn't know how to run it right. Really, really struggling on Kenny Pickett's development. You do have George Pickens, you have Johnson, you have two really good halfbacks who are somehow splitting time and you don't know how to properly distribute it. I wouldn't say two really good running backs. I'd say one really good running back in Jalen Warren and then Najee Harris. Najee Harris isn't that bad. I don't think he's that bad, but I think Jalen Warren is so much better. And I also really, my Flex Friday last week was spoiled by a little Mr. Warren by one rush. I just had, I took one his rush attempts. Wow. No, not yards, attempts. Because I'm like, oh, I think He's going to get it. Mm -hmm. My fault. So what do you think? Do we know who's going to be promoted? Did they figure that out yet? I honestly have no idea. I'm sure they're still working that out, but. So they're probably promoting probably a QB coach. Something like receiver that. Receiver coach. We'll see what happens from there. Well, they did get very close with a really good Browns defense. You got to figure that out. Having the Browns have one of the best passing defenses in the league. They have Miles Garrett. Really destroying that edge. I mean, it's a tough matchup, of course, but... Well, here's the thing. Them kneeling down in the second half of that game, if they didn't kneel down, they would have been the first NFL player or team to punt on every possession and a half. And that may not sound crazy, but you have to think, they didn't turn the ball over. You know, most teams that are doing that are also turning the ball over. So they're just getting the ball, running a couple plays, and then punting, you know? Mm -hmm. Not a recipe for success, I would say. I mean, if we're really looking at these stats, Kenny Pickett went 15 for 28, just a little over 50% pass completion for 106 yards. And if you look at that rushing, both, just one guy alone had more passing yards than Jalen Warren had more rushing yards at 129 over Kenny Pickett passing with 106. Very odd stat. Najee Harris did get more of the runs, only had 35 yards in total. Yes, I personally didn't watch this game, Austin, but it seems that Jalen Warren had one really huge run that could attack on to that 129. But yeah, because it was like it was one of the first plays of the half. He found a hole, you know, found a little bit of space, shot through it, and then he was gone. You know, nice 75 yard gain. Got me some nice points in fantasy. I'll say that. But uh, I mean, they're. Their leading receiver with George Pickens, four receptions, only 38 yards. That's 38 yards, better than nine. Let's just say that. We'll get to that later. But I, I'd like to see how they change up the utilization of the weapons because George Pickens is a great go up and get it guy. You have the, is a very nice compliment to him with all the underneath stuff. And then you have two good running backs in Warren and Najee that I feel like they're going to have to get involved. You know, you know Allen Robinson's a stealer. I do. They're second leading receiver that day. They also have Darnell Washington, a very huge. He's more, I would say, more a blocking tight end. You can saw that from the yeah. combine. But you also have a him as a tight end. They have Pat Firemuth, who's a great guy, you know, 
been, you know, a little after his rookie year really came on in his second year, third year, getting injured here and there. I feel like he's had a little bit of the injury bug, but. I mean, it's kind of reminded me of the Falcons. Not saying that the Steelers are a really good team. Falcons aren't either, but there's a lot of, it's not like there's a wasted potential. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. You have a lot of these really young targets and just don't know how to use it correctly. Well, speaking of wasted potential, I think it's time we talk about some New York football. New York football? Favorite subjects. New York football makes me not want to watch football on the weekends. So, you know, going into the season, both the Jets and the Giants had very high aspirations. You know, Giants made the playoffs last year. Jets made a lot of moves to try to get some good talent in the building. Mm -hmm. And both teams are right now almost looking at top 10 picks right now. Giants just moved back in the draft position because they beat Washington. Originally at number two, now they're at number five. And the Jets are at number 11 right now. Uh, we did get some news on Aaron Rodgers. It's really odd. He had an Achilles injury, of course, on the 9-11 game, and he's going to return to practice December 4th. Man, two weeks ago, you told me that. I'd say, let him return to practice. But after the debacle in Buffalo, I don't know if I'd want him to come back this year. Just stay out and get healthy, you know? So there also was the report that if he were to return, it would be the Christmas Eve game. I'm not sure who they would be playing that game, but that's a target game. I believe it is the Commanders. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a good game to come back, you know, little offensive showcase. But with the Jets, the offensive showcase, maybe 16 points. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. They wanted to redshirt Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson has to come in four plays into the dang season. Zach has finally been so bad after that Buffalo game, they demoted him to third-string quarterback against their first game against the division leader in Miami. So, you know, now Tim Boyle and Marcus Semien, or no, not Marcus Semien, Trevor Semien, mine's still a little bit on baseball. You know, they're going to be our quarterbacks. Trevor Simeon, I actually got to see him play for mm -hmm. like a quarter in a Jets uniform before he broke his leg on Monday Night Football. Me and my dad went, we left that game early because we didn't really feel like seeing Luke Falk mount a comeback on a Monday night. All I wanted to see was Le'Veon Bell in the Wildcat playing quarterback. So uh, if we actually look at this game, your best thrower in this game based on QBR is Thomas not Morstead. even a quarterback. <laughs> it's Thomas Morstead. I'm throwing to Brandon Eccles for like 25 yards on 18. 18. On one of the ball special teams calls i've seen the jets would never be going for it on fourth down like fourth and twos you know mm -hmm. on the other side of the field's 40 they did this from their own about 30 yard line they had thomas morris that drop back and throw a dime to brandon eccles which i mean it's what they needed in the game it obviously worked out for them i like the call even if we don't get it mm -hmm. but wonder what's taking them this long you know so in this game did zach wilson get benched at half yeah, he got benched at half. Or no, no, he didn't get benched at half. He got benched in about the third. I'm going to be honest. Middle After third. Garrett Wilson fumbled the football, I kind of had enough of the game and I turned it mm -hmm. off. But I would know. too if you're losing 32 to 6. Zach Wilson, literally, there's a clip running on the field, just slips and eats shit. Like mm -hmm. it was just one of those games. Makai Becton, one of the only healthy members of the line we've had all year, unlike most years. Gets rolled up on by a 
lineman starting in his first NFL game because he got beat, and now he is going to be out with a high ankle sprain. That brings us to the next thing, the offensive line troubles, you know. Joe Douglas has tried to build a line. Elijah Vera Tucker has been great when he's played Becton too. Lakin Tomlinson, big free agent acquisition last year, didn't mm-hmm. play as good as we thought he would, but we were hoping for a bounce back year. Drafted Joe Titman. We had Dwayne Brown at right tackle, drafted another right tackle to back him up. So we've put time in this line, but all these guys just we've been bitten by the injury bug the last two years. And we'll get to that on the giant side as well. Mm-hmm. But it's been rough. Like so many different starting linemen, like no one can survive back there. And then on top of that, you have everyone holding. You have people just, just so many offensive miscues. I just it just wasn't working out. I mean, it already didn't look at the fir- first play of the game and a backup fullback laid the hit stick. Got the yeah. fumble. Yeah, I was going to get to that later too when we get to special teams actually. But, mm-hmm. you know, special teams have been, you know, pretty good all year. I will say Thomas Morstead is, you know, my all pro number one punter. He has some of the best punts this year, you know, had the punt fest versus the Giants. You know, completed the 20-yard pass or 15-yard pass. Like, he's been great as far as punters can go, you know. But we've had a lot of really key special teams moments. In week one, a punt return touchdown and overtime to win versus Buffalo. Beginning of what we thought was going to be a great season. But then you have the other side of it. You know, we had a return versus the Chargers against us. And, you know, it happens, but... It was in the early stages of the game and made it hard for us to come back. I believe we will end up losing by less than seven that game too. And, you know, the fumble return, you mm-hmm. know, bring it out of the end zone. And he got absolutely stuck. It was a great hit. I mean, textbook knocked that thing out perfectly. And the defense was great for holding them to three. But, I mean, <laughs> what can you do there? I mean, it's there. there's just a lot to figure out. And... You know, special teams and defense have been pretty good this year, if not elite. You know, the defense has been amazing. You know, Jermaine Johns breaking out. Will McDonald starting to come into his own. Quinnen is having a great year. Even though he doesn't have the numbers, he's taking up so much attention from all opposing offensive lines that makes it hard for, you know, teams to game plan around it. Quincy Williams is doing amazing. Same with C.J. Mosley. DJ Reed and Sauce picking up where they left off. Michael Carter is still having a great year, you know. Jordan Whitehead and Tony Adams, our new safeties, have been great. Highest PFF graded defense at midseason. Mm-hmm. And they let up barely any points a game. Most points they let up was like 29 this week. And, you know, week after week, losing 15 to 13, 20 to what, like... 16 you you just it's not sustainable to win football games oh i did want to get your thoughts on this that it seemed that there's this one play from um, it was a pass to shakir sauce i won't say had the best play on it but it seems that nfl fans around the league are just saying that every time sauce gets burnt he blames it not on himself but as a team yeah but you also have to think about the way that it's played you know I'm not in the booth, so I don't know how certain things work. I do think he was covered, but then again, I think Saw saw the opportunity for a pick there and thought he had safety help over the top. So maybe, you know, they're running like a cover two man and they have something back there 
and mm-hmm. he tried to jump the post and obviously he failed and he got the better of it or maybe he was in zone and he wasn't even supposed to be there you know maybe he was about to pass him off but then he saw Josh Allen release the ball so he went for it I don't know because I don't know the defensive coverage I don't know what kind of scheme it was you know obviously if you can glean that more information you're inside the building and you're not really going to speak about it but you know I think that it is a very reasonable take to see that you know I saw that tweet too and I don't think Sauce Sauce doesn't seem like the kind of person to like throw someone under the bus. Yeah, if he know he messes up, he's you know seems like he takes accountability for it, like Garrett Wilson did too in the pre- post game presser. But I I don't think he's lying. But I just don't know. I can't answer that because I don't have the facts. But like I said, it wouldn't surprise me. And then that brings us to the other New York team. I got you from right here. But Tommy DeVito had a three-passing touchdown game. You know the last time that a Giants quarterback had a three-plus throwing touchdown game or passing? Eli. Nope. Daniel Jones, 2019. Ooh. Not as bad as I thought. We were both in high school when this happened. Week 16, so it seemed to be around late December of 2019, and... Finally happened again. It was two to Saquon, one to Darius Slayton. I'm pretty sure it was. Mm-hmm. I personally was driving up from home, but I didn't really see this game that much. It was really odd that Sam Howell had three interceptions in total. There was six turnovers in that game. Three fumbles, three, three picks. fumbles, three picks. Tommy DeVito, Syracuse alum, it's undrafted. The- at least, you know, Zach Wilson has never thrown a three-touchdown game. So, there's I'm, that. I'm I'm very curious because Tyra Taylor is going to come back soon. I'm I'm curious who's going to get that starting job. Personally, I'll give it to Tyra just because I feel they have more confidence in him throwing. But, I mean, you can look at Tommy DeVito's game. He had 46 yards on... To throw to Saquon? That was a beauty. Yeah, Dime was... on a wheel route to the back of the end mm-hmm. zone. The first one and the second one, a nice, you know, well-timed drag. He's come a, lo- a long way since negative nine passing yards of his first appearance or negative, you know, as a total team. But I mean, if you look at these stats, 18 for 26 is leading receiver Darius Lane and 82 passing yards. I'm receiving yards, my fault. But <laughs> Saquon is second. He had two really good wheel route catches into touchdowns. Daniel Bellinger was third. You also look at Saquon at 14 carries for 83 yards. At a half, he was kind of, I believe at one point he was in the negatives for a quarter, a quarter and a half. He got that right up to 83 at a 30-yard rush toward the end of the game. That defense looking really good. McLeod had a pick. McKinney? Didn't he have a pick? McKinney, well? I'm pretty sure, also had a pick. Isaiah Simmons kind of iced the game. It was funny Isaiah. how went to the end zone. I believe a Bud Light can was yes, thrown so. very near his helmet. As he was running in, that was a good one. Mm-hmm. And then after the game, no hot water in the showers for either team. So. This was pure FedEx field, one of the worst stadiums. They've been having problems, especially with that one game against the Eagles. Jalen Harris was going to the locker room. Fans were getting kind of antsy trying to get high fives with them. And <laughs> fell over. Fell over. I mean, what I will say is I don't think much, you know, renovations can be made since the team was sold by Snyder and to Daniel Harris. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think that change will be coming. You know, sewage lines were bursted in FedEx last year. Cold showers isn't the worst of it, but 
you know, I think I think change is coming, but you know, the Giants season's been a little disappointing as well. You guys made the playoffs last year, thought you were gonna repeat, and then your offensive line just kind of fell apart. Look, I kind of knew as a Giants fan, like as a delusional Giants fan, that we were kind of gonna start up very poor. We were not beating the Cowboys that first game. We barely beat the Cardinals. We came back down twenty-one. We weren't being the Niners. We weren't being the Seahawks. We're not being the Dolphins. We're not being the Bills. I truly thought we were we weren't being the Jets. And that's already one in seven right there. I mean, coming up, we had the Patriots. The Patriots are kind of also like the Steelers a little bit, kind of. They have a decent bit of weapons, but really They've been, quarterback trouble. Their defense has been decimated by injuries too, you know. Almost every cornerback that started the year has been suspended or, or injured. Matt Judon's been hurt parts of the year still. So if we really, if you want uh, Robert's fancy advice, Giants defense looking very pretty against the Patriots. Giants defense has been very sneakily underrated this year. So, if we really look at it right now, Giants could potentially win against the Pack. The Patriots, I'm not entirely sure about the Packers. We're not beating the Saints. We are definitely not beating the Eagles twice. And the Rams, not sure. I mean, personally, as a Giants fan, I'm looking to tank. Looking for a quarterback of the future, maybe. I mean... We have Daniel Jones for another year. It's not like no one's going to trade for him with his huge $42.5 million contract. I mean, at least keep him for another year. You have an option after next year. You're probably going to let him go right after that. But, I mean, yeah. it's very curious how a Giants fan out. Joe Shane's going to bolster this team in the offseason. Giants team's going to be decimated by injuries. Andrew Thomas had a hamstring injury. Evan Neal. Evan Neal's is plain struggling the thing about yeah. coming out of college was he used his body his strength to try and get blocks not really by technique that was his huge problem and it kind of not really translating well in the nfl I mean a very bright spot Kayvon thibodeau oh and Kayvon has been amazing this year i love watching thibodeau even though he killed uh zach when they played i mean thibodeau all all those edge rushers from that class i feel like really come into their mm -hmm. own you know George Karlaftis, Jermaine Johnson, Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson, they all kind of, I feel like they don't really have that first year, you know, explosion mm -hmm. like some do, like Chase Young and Bosa did, but a second year production from all these guys has been really good, except from Trayvon Walker, I would say. I really haven't heard much from him. So I'm just really confused about that pick. I mean, you have Aiden Hutchinson, who Heisman finalist. Why would... I think they kind of tried to go for Tavon just because how raw he was coming out of college. Personally, I would have won Hutch. Yeah. I mean, maybe um, they were, I don't know what it is, but I think it was, you know, they saw more potential in Trayvon Walker, mm -hmm. but, and they, they've been weirdly weird developing tight ends, or I mean, edge rushers, you know, Drafted Caleb on Chase on from LSU a couple of years ago. Didn't work out for them. Mm -hmm. Drafted Josh Allen, not the quarterback, the edge rusher. Josh Allen's been Could great been for them. Giant. Huh? Could have been a giant. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I think though Trayvon's going to turn around. I believe in him. I think he's got some great skills, but, you know, I mean, not looking too good mm -hmm. for them right now. If you go back to Thibodeau, I mean, he has a really good passing, what's the terminology? Pass rushing. Yep, pass rushing. And... The thing that's kind of been with his game is his run, kind of his outside edge 
not he can't re- set the edge. Yeah, that's a word. To, that's a better word to say. That's he's kind of struggle watching through tape, but they have Abjir Abjirari. Is he's Abjirari injured? He's, he's a great run stuffer. Mm, he's kind of more of a speed rusher. Very well, kind of having a lot of injuries. Bobby Okereke, but very the light, the bright spot in this defense. Signed a four-year, I believe, forty million dollar contract. Been looking really well, leading tackler. Very good passing, pass defending. You have sexy Dexy, Dexter sexy. Lawrence, Dexy, very Zexy. good run stopper, Dexy. It was. It's very weird how he has he has a decent amount of sacks as a tackle. Yeah, I mean, it it almost seems like the opposite of the Jets, right? Because they use Quinnen to take the pressure off of everyone else, mm-hmm. and I feel like everyone else takes the pressure off of Dexy, and watch him play. And like, I just. New York football has two great defensive lines right now. And it's fun to watch because they're always getting after the quarterback. They're always making great plays. You know, while we're on the subject of great plays from a defensive tackle, I just really want to shout out this one Jeffrey Simmons tackle from uh, last week's game. He instantly sheds the guard guard on the goal line. Uh, Travis Etienne comes in for an inside zone. Jeff Simmons loads up and absolutely lights up Travis Etienne. <laughs> and I was sitting there going, oh, my God, that's why I love watching Jeff Simmons. I guess I'm just a sucker for interior defensive line play, mm-hmm. but it's awesome to watch. So we're struggling. We'll get there. Rebuilding-ish. It's basically just like an injury game for both of us, but we do love our New York sports and yeah. kind of leave it to that, but. New York sports has not been good this year outside of the Liberty and the Gotham, you know. Liberty won their title, or I, I believe they won their conference. Conference, yeah. Excuse me, not title. You know, the Go- Gotham FC won theirs. The women's soccer team in gotcha. New York, New Jersey. One of the Cortland alums, Maddie Holmberg, works there as an equipment mm-hmm. manager. And, you know, I, I think hopefully hey, next hey. year is good for New York sports. Well, I can't even say this. The Bills are also a New York team, too. But they haven't even they, been that great. If you want to consider, I'm talking about New York City teams, but, you know, even as a New York team, they haven't been that great either, you know. They've fallen short of expectations mm-hmm. a lot, too. The Yankees fell short, the Mets fell short. The Rangers are doing pretty good right now. Yeah, Rangers. The Islanders have been very iffy. I wouldn't really count the Devils, but Knicks. if we count Giants, Jets, like, I guess maybe we can semi-count the Devils have a very young future. Look at other sports. The Knicks have been... Iffy, they're not going to go past what the, what the Un- current team. Unless they make a big trade. The, I don't think the Nets so. are rebuilding. I'm just, it's really confusing because New York sports, their market produces a lot of revenue. And you easily have, if you look at salary cap, you spend the most money. But this is a very good example that money does not buy you championships. It's more developing and it's, it's terrible being a New York sports fan. Awesome. It's not well. Oh, I know. But listen, I mean, the good thing is, you know, Yoshinobu Yamamoto became became eligible to talk with teams at 8 a.m. today. So mm-hmm. maybe in the coming days, we'll hear some good news about that. But I sure, doubt see. it. You know, going on to the next couple of days, though, Thanksgiving's happening soon. Oh, or, yeah, we got. I don't know when it will be by the time this episode comes out, but we yeah. got some good games on Thanksgiving. We don't have just one game. We Not have just two. Three. We have three. You know, oh, the, oh, hold up. We also got 
and we'll get to it soon, but we have one on Friday too. Yeah, first Black Friday game ever. So uh, Packers versus Lions is our first game to start it off. Normally a Thanksgiving classic mm-hmm. in the favor, not usually of the Lions, but they've been turning it around. You know, uh, Love versus Goff, I think will be an interesting matchup. Love started off the season struggling, really came into his own last week against struggling Chargers defense. And, you know, if he can try to string two good performances together, I think Detroit's the defense to do it on. It's just kind of weird, but it's always the Packers you play on Thanksgiving. Is that correct? Lions. Lions and Cowboys. Gotcha. That was really weird. I was expecting, like, the Bears to play on Thanksgiving for some reason. No, they play sometimes because, you know, just the divisional Mm -hmm. games, but... You know, Lions' bad defense almost cost them last week against, like you said, the team before the Bears. You know, they, Jared Goff, too, threw two, I think three. No, I think it was only two picks, but he never throws interceptions anymore. No, and he doesn't. Kind of a rare hiccup from him. I mean, he was chasing that, I I don't know if he got it, but he was chasing that, like, legendary streak of not throwing a pick, which was originally given to Aaron Rodgers. It was most passing attempts without giving up an interception. And I believe he is up there along with Aaron Rodgers. I'm not sure who else is also up there, but... Yeah. NFC North quarterbacks, I feel like, either never turn the ball over, as in Rodgers and Goff, or they do a lot, as in Brett Favre. <laughs> I mean, going off with the ideology you were saying, yeah, Jared Goff doesn't throw that many interceptions, not really. This I mean, Bears defense hasn't really been that monstrous, but... He threw three interceptions this game. Yeah, I mean, Monsters of the Midway did not play the whole gateway through this game, you know. Let up a touchdown with almost no time left. You know, I thought Justin Fields played pretty good for his first game back, over 100 rushing yards, some nice some nice throws. Found DJ Moore a couple times, almost had him 100 receiving yards. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think Fields has been looking a lot better this season, especially since he's been back. The offense in general, I just feel like, has been better. Mm-hmm. And I think next year is the year, you know, they're looking to take a bigger step forward, you know, with the draft, they'll have two really good high picks. You know, maybe they trade out again, do that next year. So you never know. W- what's your prediction for this game? Part of me wants to, well, I feel like the Lions are going to win. This. this is easy. You can easily get a Lions spread on this, but this Packers defense also been really good with Drew Alexander. If he plays which I believe I thought he was having injury troubles earlier this season, but I just feel like it's just a Lions game to lose. It, it is the Lions game to lose, you know. I mean, after last week, you know, they've shown they can have troubles too. They're human. But, you know, the if Green Bay wants to win this game, it's going to be through the air and with the defense. You know, Aaron Jones still hurt. They don't really have a running game. And, you know, Lions just got back Montgomery. They have Montgomery, Gibbs, Amonra, got Jameson Williams involved last week with mm-hmm. a nice touchdown catch. Sam Laporta, just Craig Reynolds, just a pretty lethal offense. They, you know, even if, like, for example, Craig Reynolds wasn't the greatest guy in the past, they know how to use him very effectively. Their coaching staff is great. Aaron Glenn, ex Jet cornerback, Dan Campbell, just, I really love what this team has done. You know, moving on to the next Thanksgiving matchup, Commanders versus Cowboys. Now, you might think that this is, yeah, you might. Cowboys easily. But, you know, last year, Sam Howell's first start was against the Cowboys. And you know what he did? He came out and he beat them. 
he balled out, you know, defense stepped up, you know, do I think it happens again? Yes, no. I do. What? I don't know. Cowboys. I need, I need to hear this explanation. For Cowboys now. have fallen victim to the trap game once before this year against the Cardinals and the legendary pasture, not Josh Dobbs. Mm-hmm. But I just, I don't know. I feel like Sam Howell has been very good this year. You know, last week he had a rough week, you know, throwing the ball, picking it up, you know, turning the ball over three times. And I think that he just, he's just going to have a great game, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what how it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be through McLaurin, Dotson. I don't know if Samuel will be back because he got ejected from last week's game. Mm-hmm. Logan Thomas, but I feel like somebody's going to have a 100-yard performance in the wide receiver group. Just don't know who. The obvious bet's Terry, but I could see, you know, Dotson having I mean, a nice week. From what, from what you're saying, this commander's secondary has been terrible. They drafted Emmanuel Forbes, who... Bruce Lee has been benched a few times just because of how terrible he's been in coverage. And you had, I'm sorry, you had Banks still on the board. And I'm really happy the Giants took him, very raw prospect. But Forbes hasn't been doing really well. And if that's their cornerback two, cornerback one, that's not really a great look. And you look at C.D. Lamb, past three games, I'm not sure about, la- not last game, but the three previous games have, had over 120 yards all those and games. over 10 catches a game mm-hmm. he didn't hit it last week but i think he's gonna return to form again i think he's primed for a great day our last game niner seahawks wild card rematch you know mm-hmm. division we three games uh, divisional on thanksgiving that you know and including the black friday game we're gonna have four I'd say that's a good slate of football. They, they were like, they brought out the big guns for this. They were like, we're putting all the divisional matchups on Thanksgiving. These are all going to be important games. We're getting everyone to watch this year. You're not spending time with your family. You're watching football. But, you know, I think, you know, it's going to be about the Seahawks defense because mm-hmm. the Niners have shown weakness this year. You know, they've shown that sometimes they just got outmatched. You know, if you're able to pick off Purdy, you know, if you're able to rattle him, then the offense kind of goes downhill. It's all about how confident Purdy is. So can Woolen, Wagner, and Weatherspoon match those offensive weapons that San Fran has? I feel it's going to be a very close game. I mean, they recently got Leonard Williams from the Giants, who have been a really good run stopper for, for that Seattle defense. They've shown it last week. But I feel it's going to be a very close game. I feel that if you're in a betting standpoint, I'd bet the under, personally. But very close. I mean, I, re- I can't pick a winner, to be honest with you. Yeah. And the other thing is Gino got hurt last week. You know, we have to see if that injury is going to linger. That you was know. an elbow injury. You know, throwing I mean, hands. Going against that elite pass rusher, the Niners, you know, you get sacked, you know, ball wrong. Drew Locke Damn, might be back in. Again. So this game I could is very volatile. You know, I don't feel like this is really like a safe game. I could. I could see either team winning this. I could see either team losing this. You know, Kenneth Walker's out, K-9. So now it's Zach Charbonnet's time to shine. So with K-9, it was an oblique injury. So it would be probably about a week when he comes back. They don't say he's they're going to limit him necessarily, but that's a very big weapon who's not going to be there on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, I, I still personally think the Niners are going to win, but mm. I think it's going to be a very good game. And then... The first ever Black Friday game. 
Amazon Prime goes to the NFL and says, I'm going to give you a ton of money if you give me a game on Black Friday. And they're like, all right, let's do it. For the first game, they choose Aaron Rodgers versus Tua Tugavailoa. Obviously, that's not the case now. Now it's Tim Boyle versus Tua Tugavailoa. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that right. Yep, you're right. And yeah, tickets actually went up in price after they benched Zach Wilson by $25. Yeah. Because wow. I'm like, um, one of my uncles is a Dolphins fan. And I was texting him yesterday. I said, hey, have fun watching Tim Boyle at the game. I was going to swing by maybe, but tickets went up in price. And there's no way I'm going to spend $175 to see a, a Tim Boyle-led team. So let's be honest. It's going to be Dolphins by a lot. I mean... You can't you can't make this point that the Jets defense are gonna hold them on for as long as they can. But it really depends how Tim Boyle plays. Yeah, I think the game if the Jets want to win this game, if they do, their game plan has to be ball control. They have to keep the offense just has to be short throws, moving the chains, you know, just they have to get first downs and keep the ball out of Miami's hands. And they've shown that they're not really been able to do that this year, which is a shame, but the defense has been great. You know, they really haven't let up. They let up two touchdowns to wide receivers this year. Khalil Shakir and week one, I believe, or no, I forget which the other one was, but they only let up two touchdowns to wide receivers all year. They did have Michael Meyer go up in the Vegas game and mm-hmm. high point on him, which was a great play by him. It was a group. You know, I think the defense is great. Both defenses are, you know, if, I, if I, I'd put some money on a, a Jalen Phillips sack, you know, he's been playing very well this year and his blend of speed, you know, speed rush moves, I think is going to work very well against the Jets line and Tim Boyle in the pocket. So, I, you know, I... I'm not going to look forward to watching this game, but, you know, you, you got to watch it, right? I I think that Dolphins are going to win by, like, t- 14, I'd say. Mm-hmm. I'd say they win by two scores. It's not going to be pretty if you're a Jets fan. If you're a Miami fan, it's going to be glorious. But, you know, I think that the way it's going to be through Brees Hall and moving the chains. After after week one against the Chargers, I was very confident the Jets were going to win because we're like, oh, we're just going to run the ball on them. But they've tightened up their run defense. You know, Brees Hall is and Garrett Wilson are the best offensive players. And, you know, against Buffalo, nine, nine yards from the wide receivers would have been more if they didn't accept the P.I. on Lazard. He did catch the ball would have made it, what, 19 yards. But still, you know. Wide receivers haven't been looking good. Jets needs to use two tight end sets with Jeremy Ruckert and Tyler Conklin. You know, put Lazard and Garrett Wilson on the field and Brees Hall in the backfield. I think that's how they have to win this game. But who knows? You know, let's just get to a better subject or favorite subject of this podcast. Let's get to the betting betting segment. segment. So in honor of Thanksgiving, I put together a little Thanksgiving slate. You know, mm-hmm. on prize picks, they ha- gave us a free square, Christian McCaffrey, over half of a rushing and receiving yards. That's an easy one. You plop that in there, of course. So my second pick, my reasoning for this is because I had a dream last night, and for some reason, I think Sam Laporta was in it. I don't know. I think I 
subliminally saw Sam Port Laporta somehow. So I'm taking over Sam Laporta 47 and a half receiving yards because, you know, he's been under recently, but I think he's going to break out against that Green Bay defense. Only had 18 yards last week, 40 the week before that. Mm-hmm. He's He's been great, honestly, as a tight end in the NFL. So I think that that's going to be a great one. My other one, CD Lamb, six and a half receptions, like we were mentioning okay. before. I don't really like their defense. Me neither. You Not know, a great secondary. And CD CD had a off game last week. Not in not a crazy off game, but not what what he was doing. The previous three games. Yeah, and I think he's gonna get back on track against Washington and really show out unless they like double cover him and Brandon Cooks is wide open. And then my last one is Jared Goff under thirty three and a half passing attempts. Barely hit thirty four last week with the win in Chicago, having to throw a lot to come back in the game. And throwing two picks. So you know you know they were throwing a lot that game. And you're going to have Gibbs. You're going to have Montgomery this week. You're going to have a Green Bay defense where you're just going to you know try to gash them. And they have some great corners like we mentioned before. So I think that that one's going to go under. Just because mm-hmm. I feel like they're going to you know get that. And I feel like they might be playing with a lead for most of the game. So I feel like they're not going to do that that much. Only four, but... I like those four this week, you know. Mm-hmm. Anything else you like? So I'm going to give you two to just prop it out to six. So I'm going to go Monroe St. Brown under 86 and a half receiving yards. So this Packers secondary, especially with Jerry Alexander, has re- previously stopped the Monroe. So if we look at his previous five games, all of his five games against the Packers starting from 2021, he's only hit this once. So if we look at his last game, September 28th, five receptions, 56 yards. Before that, 49, 55, 109, which he hit in 2022. But before that, when he was a rookie, he only had 18, which I wouldn't give that on him necessarily. Yeah, that was, that was his rookie year. But if we look at Amonra, he's, his, he's been averaging 113 and a half. He's had all these against Tampa Bay, who Tampa Bay is a terrible second, terrible secondary. Baltimore is a little bit of a surprise. I believe Marlon Humphrey is injured. I don't believe he was injured at that time. Let's look at the Raiders. Raiders don't have a great secondary. Chargers have a terrible secondary. So you can obviously see how Amonra got all these stats. Chicago, he had 77. But I fear that Joe Alexander is going to lock him down. He's going to go under 86 and a half. Then what's the, what's the last one of the day? The last one of the day? Currently, I am not seeing this. But when it happens, when it pops up, Lamar Jackson over on passing. This week, he's playing the Chargers, who has a, what I said before, a very terrible passing defense. A lot of injuries. Bosa's out, too. Bosa's out, too. I could see that not hitting because he rushes for so much and scrambles. Mm Because they still have Mac, and I feel like Mac's going to force pressure one way. And Lamar's going to use his legs a lot more in that game. And like we said before, their running defense really wasn't that good. So I feel like, once again, you know, they can mm-hmm. kind of gash them with Gus Edwards and Keaton Mitchell. Keaton Mitchell's been great, you know. I mean, if we really go with Lamar, if we go with your point, which I'm actually going to touch a little bit more on, he doesn't pass that much. He's more of a rusher, of course, as Lamar Jackson. If you really set his point around maybe 220, he's... Hit it on three out of the last five, which 
220 isn't too much to ask for. No. He's hit against Detroit, who has a very well defense, who he lit up for 350. Previously, two games, he hit against Cincinnati. He hit against Cleveland, who has the best statistically passing defense in this league. He hasn't get against well, Seattle. The The thing with Seattle was Lamar has been like the best quarterback passing against man this year, and that's mm-hmm. basically what Cleveland's been running. But still, a great game. And then Arizona. I like, against Arizona. I like fantasy points over not necessarily, you know, passing yards. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a last little piece of news. I just got an update on my phone on Makai Becton's injury status. And? Initially feared to be a high ankle sprain. It is only a low ankle sprain. Okay. And he's expected to miss one to two weeks. From Rich Samini from ESPN, it's a low ankle sprain. The initial concern was that it was high ankle, so this is good news. Playing on Friday isn't out of the question, but Mm -hmm. that might be pushing it. I don't think he's going to play Friday, but it's good to see that he's not injured that well. You know, I've, I had concerns when got off the field and it was his right leg that he's had repaired before. And I love watching Beckton, man. I, I really do. When, when he's on and he's out in the space and he's pancaking people, it's so fun to watch. So mm-hmm. I'm very glad that he's not injured super severely and I hope he comes back. You have any closing words for the Thanksgiving episode? No, just everyone have a really great Thanksgiving. We're going to kind of rest a little bit after this and come back next week with a banger. We're probably going to recap the Thanksgiving games. We have the rest of the slate going on this weekend and whatever news pops up. Yeah, you know, get some NHL action in there, some Mm -hmm. NBA. Things just starting to heat up there. You know, I think this is going to be a good week. Mm -hmm. All right. This is Austin Macho saying have a happy Thanksgiving and signing off the Dragon's Den.